What's happening, weirdos? I was smacking my lips is what's happening, because this one's a tasty vittle. (laughs) Pete is in a mood today. (laughs) Pete's in the mood for nude, as we like to say. He sure is. Yeah, it's not a bad mood. It's a very fun mood, but it's a mood. Let's not (laughs) not mince words here. You might want to listen to this one on half speed. Yeah. Okay, it's pretty balanced because of you. Well, thank you. Uh, I'm exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. I'm ready for a a nap. (laughs) It's a nap with a K. The extra K is for keep it crispy. (laughs) Okay, we get it. So you get the gist. This is, we just, if this is the vibe you're into right now, you can continue listening to this episode. Yes. Otherwise you might just want to put it in your back pocket for when you have the bandwidth. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. But Val is here to balance as always and to be brilliant. As always. And the poem. Uh, Holy shit. Well. Knock my snocks. <laughs> snocks <laughs> are socks, but with an N, and the N is for Neep for, It Crispy. <laughs> I thought you were going to say for Get Into It. Oh, Get in, Into It. Even better. See, you're better. Yeah. I'm um, <laughs> guys, we're doing a live You Made It Weird for the first time in, a, in years. Yeah. And we're doing it over Zoom. And it's Name Your Price. Um, and it's on April 10th, mm-hmm. and the tickets are at PeteHolmes.com. Yep. And uh, the, the guests, musical guests, Matt Berninger yep. from The National, and Jason Schwartzman from every great movie that I've ever loved. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So that's going to and We'll be taking questions just like we do on this, uh, and questions for Jason, and it's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm so, super excited. Yes, please join us. That's the big plug. Um, and as always, if you want to show your support of this always free podcast, maybe try a Pete's pick, a Pete and Val pick. I love it. Stitch fix. Stitch fix. Stitch fix. Stitch fix. We all know that shopping for new clothes can be needlessly stressful. So no, why not let Stitch fix, Stitch fix, make it easy by doing the work for you so you can spend time doing the things you love instead. Uh, maybe you've gotten used to work from a home routine, but your wardrobe uh, hasn't adjusted. <laughs> Stitch Fix can help you redefine your Zoom casual look. Which You're- is just a bunch of great tops and no pants. <laughs> <laughs> and you need pants. So let Stitch Fix help you get that bottom in working order. You're ready to get back outside, but your closet may say otherwise. So get some much needed style updates with the help of Stitch Fix. So Stitch Fix offers clothing hand-selected by expert stylists for your unique style, your size, and your budget. Every piece is chosen to, for your fit and for your life, and it's the easy solution to finding what makes you look and feel your best. Val's been using it for years. I've been using it for years. I love it. You get your little, you can decide how often you get your box. You get your little box in the mail, and you're like, oh, I have new clothes, and I open it right away, and you can just try on everything in your own bedroom, and you just send back the things that you you don't want, and you keep what you do want, and they make it so easy. I'm somebody who I currently have uh, boxes of stuff that I bought online that I just, for some reason is so hard to get myself to return it. They make this so easy. Prepaid return envelopes included. Yeah. It's and it couldn't be easier. And, um, I just got an email that my box is coming and it, it gives you a little opportunity to 
add a note for your stylist if there's something specific that you want. Ooh. I know. It's very thoughtful. And feels very personal. No subscription required. Try Stitch Fix once or set up automatic deliveries. You pay $20 for the styling fee for each box, which gets credited toward the pieces you keep. So it's kind of free. And there's no hidden fees ever. Stitch Fix has styles and clothing to fit any occasion for men, women, and kids. And they ship all over the U.S., even to the United Kingdom. So get started today at stitchfix.com slash Pete. And you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That's stitchfix.com slash Pete. Show your support of the show and get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That's stitchfix.com slash Pete. And started my morning this morning with my Ritual. Ritual is my multivitamin. One of the things I love about Ritual, and Val takes it as well. We love also it. have our nanny, Iris, on Ritual as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love it is because I intermittent fast. I don't have my first meal until about 12 or 1 p.m., depending on when I stop the day before. Uh, but you can take this multivitamin on an empty stomach. That sounds crazy, unless you've taken a multivitamin, that especially those that have zinc in them, those will make you puke if you take it on an empty stomach. Yeah. I'm telling you that as somebody who puked on a bus in Jerusalem once because I took my vitamin on an empty stomach. <laughs> Ritual, it doesn't break down until it's in your lower intestine, which is when your body can actually use the vitamins. And we deserve to know what we're putting in our bodies and why, especially when it comes to something we take every day. And Ritual's clean, vegan-friendly multivitamin is formulated with high-quality ingredients in bioavailable forms your body can actually use. There are no sugars, no GMOs, no major allergens, no synthetic fillers or artificial colorants. And they have a fresh, minty taste on their delayed release capsule that make taking your vitamin super easy. And I love... The envelope it comes in is very minimal. It's very eco-friendly. And knowing that it's coming reminds me to take them. I don't want them to pile up. So it's sort of like the treadmill of multivitamins. I take it in the morning, empty stomach, no problem, and I'm ready to face my day. Knowing that I'm getting the nutrients that I might be missing in my diet, especially as a vegan. B12 is in there. Hard to get that as a vegan. D3, which is super important for immunity, uh, very popular these days. That's in there as well. In fact... Everything that you need, and you'll know where it came from because they include literature uh, that shows their one-of-a-kind visible supply chain, so you'll know where these nutrients are coming from. It's available for women, men, and teens. Ritual multivitamins are scientifically developed to help support different life stages, and they're delivered to your door, as I mentioned, every month with free shipping always. You can start, snooze, or cancel your subscription anytime. I actually just snoozed mine because they were piling up because I, for some reason I didn't start right away when I first got them. So I snoozed it. It was super easy. And if you don't love Ritual within your first month, they'll refund your first order. So they have a special offer for weirdos. Get key nutrients without the BS. Ritual is offering weirdos 10% off during your first three months. So go to ritual.com slash weird to start your ritual today and show your support of this podcast. That's ritual.com slash weird. Start your ritual today. <laughs> Sorry. Start, to it was nice. Start uh, 10% <laughs> off for your first three months and show your support of the show. <laughs> Last but not least, the Pete's pick that we probably spend the most time on is our Brooklyn and Sheets. You've probably heard about Brooklyn and Sheets on other podcasts. That's how we heard about them. We tried them. We loved them. We reached out. Not only do they make incredible sheets, they also make incredible comforters. How's your comforter looking these days? A little bit, maybe, like how you feel? Maybe lumpy? Maybe a little deflated? 
No longer has the same fluff it used to. Well, maybe it's time to refresh with Brooklinen. Whether you're an early bird or like to hit the snooze button, everyone deserves to sleep in ultimate comfort. And that starts, fittingly, with your comforter. Brooklinen can help you get your best night's sleep. Uh, we love the comforters. We love the sheets. They're soft. They get softer every time you wash it. And Brooklinen creates beautiful, high-quality bedding and home essentials. They work directly with manufacturers to give you a fair price. So it's high-end stuff, but no middleman, so there's no markup. Their comforters come in lightweight, all-season, and ultra-warm. They even have a weighted one, which I highly recommend mm. for stress relief. It's like sleeping in a robotic womb. I love it. And they offer a variety of materials, including an eco-friendly recycled down alternative, which I enjoy. And Brooklinen's comforter pairs perfectly with their sheets, their pillows, and their duvet covers. There's a reason Brooklinen has over 75,000 five-star reviews and counting. We love these sheets. We're not looking back. We love them. We hope you like them. You want to support the show and give yourself like a five-star hotel treatment on your bed. Feel good about your sheets. Go over to Brooklinen. Treat yourself to ultimate comfort with Brooklinen's comforter selection. Go to brooklinen.com and use promo code WEIRD to get $25 off with a minimum purchase of $100. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter promo code WEIRD for $25 off with a minimum purchase of $100. That's uh, brooklinen.com, promo code WEIRD. And check out their comforter collection. All right, guys. Hope to see you over Zoom on April 10th. Tickets at PeteHolmes.com. Me, Jason Schwartzman, Schwartzman, Schwartzman. Sweet Lady Val, and music from Matt Berninger. And you guys can't wait for that. Get some Brooklyn and sheets. Take some ritual and dress stitch yourself fix. in some stitch fix. <laughs> we really, really, really appreciate your support. Uh, and enjoy what I mean, they're all my favorites, but I think this is one of my absolute favorite episodes of We Made It Weird. It's a fun one. We laugh a lot up top. Lots of laughs, lots of love. Get keep, in. Get get into it. I almost said keep it crispy. You in almost the said intro. get it in get into it when we were supposed to say keep it crispy. Look, <laughs> I can't help myself today. <laughs> get I need, in. I need help. <laughs> get into it. Change. May I walk down the street and why I soft in the middle now? Why I soft in the middle now? Oh, the rest of my life is so hard. Where's my wife and family? What if I die here? Who'll be my role model? Now that my role model's gone, gone. Um, Welcome I'm, to the show. <laughs> I am, I would say, on my fourth day. I, I think it has been longer, but I'm on my fourth consecutive day of actively having... Diarrhea. You can, no. You can call me Al in my head. Really? Yes. I can't stop. Every every spare moment I have, I'm whistling. Did and you ever, it's really just that first line. Can I help you with that? Yeah. Wow, that was quick. <laughs> yes! Is the band. <laughs> yes! I have hand and head. Hand, heads and hands. <laughs> my I just head hear is that. in my hands. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Lose yourself! And Pete's fully dancing. <laughs>
I'm loving it. I just I just had that queued up. I didn't know when I was going to play it. I thought you were going to begin with it. I saw you cue it up, and I didn't know why. Um, I didn't know why either, but here we are. You had that song in your head, and now you have... Sometimes the only way to get a song out is to put another one in. (laughs) (laughs) I have a very serious question for you. (laughs) Can we take a moment... Before we started recording, I, I farted. I'm sorry. It's so I did. It's so it's bad, and I'm it's, sorry, he, and it's gross, I and was, I'm gross. I was pulling up a chair. I know right this story is, is Exhibit A in the divorce hearing. You farted so loud, so loud, and I said, "Wow, I can't wait to sit next to that." I opened the door to air it out, and it is not going. It's, it's almost as if you opened it to welcome in another fart. <laughs> yeah, fart farts are like vampires. There. You have to invite them in. Oh Do you know God. that folklore of vampires? You have to invite them in? Yeah, they don't come in unless you invite them. Oh, wow. And you have to ask three times, or is that rabbi? <laughs> Rabbis? You have to ask, to convert to Judaism, you have to ask three times, I think. Is that true? Yeah, which is... Is that Jew? <laughs> It's Jewish. Is that true, Jews? Happy almost Passover. Is it almost Um, Pesach? Yeah. Just the guy that knows it's called Pesach and can't wait to say it. Is that true? Pesach. Oh, wow. Like Shabbat. What are the other Hebrew? Do you know any other Hebrew? Um, I... I'm sure I do, but I Hebrew. I get it mixed up with Yiddish. So some things I think are Hebrew words and they're Yiddish words. Yeah, I think that's by design. <laughs> Just um, but anyway, the fart happened and Joe Dispenza, who we love, we, we talked, talked about, about him, him last, last week. Yeah. So I farted. He said when you have a, a behavior that you want to change, <laughs> say change. So you have like you say change. a bad reaction to a driver cutting you off, and you, say and you give the the command to your brain, change, change. So I farted, and you just and as I was as it was still sort of crumbling, crackling out, <laughs> I just started saying change, change, change. Which even if you don't know who Joe Dispenza is. If someone is farting ashamedly, <laughs> but they don't stop, they don't seal it up, they just start saying change, change. I mean, if I walked in on anyone and they were farting and they were saying to themselves, change, I, it's also, the funniest thing I've ever seen. You were also like doing something on the computer, and I think that's important. Like, yeah. you had like. It was a third of your attention on the fart itself, <laughs> a third on the computer, and just sort of saying, change, change. Oh, oh my God. Look, the Pete's picks. Owner of a stinky butt. <laughs> Owner of a stinky butt. Owner of a stinky fart, I guess, would be the more... Owner of a stinky fart. <laughs> Owner of a lonely, lonely, bonely, gonely, donely, shonely, bonely. This is how you find rhymes. <laughs> bonely, conely, donely, only, phonely, gonely. Uh, You're just saying the same, like, Yeah, four. but a lot of letters sound the same. We only have, like, four letters. <laughs> a, that's the same as... <laughs> Okay, A is good. (laughs) Okay, A stays. But when you get to like J and G, 
Yeah. Get out of here. Sure. But but this is an old improv trick. Uh-huh. If you're improvising songs, mm-hmm. what you would do, you want to rhyme for heart. Also, H. H. A. H. 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 <laughs> H. I've never Why? realized that H. Why are you grabbing me? And I'm saying- so excited. I'm, I'm about to be 42. <laughs> I'm going to turn 42 in a few days, and I've never known A. H. <laughs> They try to sneak it. How have you it. lived your ABC. whole life? I'm not. You're saying that as a jest. I'm saying that in serio. A B C D E F G A. It's again. It's the same letter again. Yeah. H I J K. Okay. K and C. A A B C D E F G H I J K A B C. My God, I'm change. on the case. Change, 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 change. change. But what a, I'm saying is, if you're looking for go, it's so funny to say that to somebody. Change, change, change. That's funny too. Oh my gosh, you are in a rare form today. I am, and my butt is the only thing I'd change about me today. <laughs> me too, actually. I really love when you're ridiculous like this. It's so silly. It's my favorite place. But this is the Pete that makes all his plans. Yeah. And then it's another Pete that has to follow through with all of them. Mm -hmm. Like I had a meeting before this pod and the meeting was about one thing and something else came up. And then I was like, that could be this. (laughs) It's what I say all the time. There's two modes. I always am like, that could be this. (laughs) No, I'm always saying I have infinite potential and then regular, regular Pete. But infinite potential, Pete, is always digging big holes for regular Pete to either get out of, but he enjoys them sometimes, but I have to be careful. We also yeah. call this when I'm manic. So yeah. anyway, when you say heart, you do the alphabet. Heart, fart. Art. Yeah. Bart. Cart. Yeah. Dart. E-art. Fart. Fart. <laughs> I didn't know that was Gart, an improv thing. Art. I always associated that as like the most basic way to to like write a song or a poem is just to be like but I No you you're not I'm not saying it's special or fancy what makes it special and or fancy is if you're doing a song and you go I was walking down the street with my favorite love and I told her I had a special glove when you're saying <laughs> I told her I had you might be going what a really smart improviser would do is know the five main letters ah uh. But often it comes from dropping a letter, too. This is boring. I hate this. <laughs> what I'm it? saying, there are people like Peter Gwynn, Baby Wants Candy improviser, incredible improviser, wrote on the Colbert Christmas special. Oh, wow. Peter Gwynn. And when I was in Chicago, he, he was quite a legend. Probably still is. And I would watch them rhyme. And I'm sure he would nerd out about how improvisers... It's probably like B, K, you know what I mean? T... M, but like the majors. I guess what I don't understand is you don't need letters that sound alike. You need syllables that sound alike is what a rhyme is. No, you're if you're looking for heart, you go okay. Bart, Mart, Cart, yeah, Tart, uh huh. Sart, I Smart. That's faster than going A B C D E F G H I J 
you understand what we're, what we're talking about? <laughs> I guess I don't. You're saying you, there are like five letters that sound alike and you... No, go, that has nothing to do with this. Okay. The, okay. I'm saying go through the alphabet to find a letter that, that to replace it to make a new word that would rhyme with it. Yes. And because there are letters that sound the same, we should be eliminating those letters. Okay, so that's you, a side Because point. it's wasting your time. Don't do C-N-K. Yeah. So I'm sure some improvisers know the real 12 letters you have to try on a word to find a rhyme. Okay. O and K are two of them, yes. But also, <laughs> the why would you? Why would the letters that sound alike not be a word? Like, I feel like that still would work for a rhyme in some cases. You think because there's a word that... I'm saying you're in a situation, you have to come up with a rhyme quickly. Yeah. So I'm telling you that there's an A, this is so boring. I know. That you do the alphabet, right? Yeah. But you're wasting time doing C and K. Why? Because cart and cart. I'm trying to find a rhyme uh, for the word heart. So I'm going cart and then I'm going H-I-J, cart. Except for sometimes C is sart. You know, or whatever. Sometimes C. You're going to get that on S then. <laughs> God. Yeah. I hate every moment of this. Yeah, this is but a nightmare. I, but I couldn't stop. I needed to understand. Oh, that's my very important question. Okay. So, Katie, just cut all of that out until this. <laughs> um, do you, I have noticed, and I say this with delight, not even no judgment. Delight. Uh, I feel like I've noticed since we've had Leela, you listen to more music that my dad would also enjoy. What? <laughs> I love, Thank you I love those parts. Shake and somebody on a synthesizer just heads. <laughs> yeah. I play the glank on that song. Yeah, I feel like my dad would also point out the synthesizer in that part. Yeah, this ruins it for me. No, it I don't. Does. Wanna, no, I'm not. I'm not upset about it. <laughs> I'm not even embarrassed about it. We're recording a podcast, and for fun, I'm embodying the emotion <laughs> okay. to give us something to laugh about, something to live about, <laughs> something to dance and to grow and to change about. So I'm not really upset. Okay. But when I want you to watch the Bee Gees documentary with me and you go, this is what my dad would watch. I'm just like, it's not, it's not that I'm old. No. It's just like it ruins, to me, I'm being kitschy. I don't, I don't have a problem with the Bee Gees, but I don't like, I didn't grow up listening to the Bee Gees. Sure. My Bee Gees is Nirvana. Yeah. And I also watch Nirvana documentaries and I love those. Yeah. There's some construction happening. I sure hope it's not distracting to you guys listening. So when I watch Bee Gees or listen to Yacht Rock or listen to Yes or listen to Journey or who else do I listen to? Um, did you, you said, well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I don't know. We, I, don't, I don't even know who they are either. I don't know yeah. why I put that oh. burden on you. But I think I'm being funny. Mike McDonald. Yeah. If I put on, I can't forget, I'm not that, in love. So I'm like, I have no What's memory. What's Seeger one? Bob Seeger. Bob Seeger. That's what my dad listened to. Yeah. And my dad and your dad are closer to age than me and your dad. Well, that's what, yeah. So when I'm listening to it, it's like funny to me. I'm like, 
like there's a it's not irony i'm not i I am liking it i am enjoying it but i'm putting on music that has no touchstone to my life there's no memory of me in high school being like lose yourself damn it you want to lose yourself yeah in fact i got i liked that song when mark stevick my professor at gordon college so he was and remains decade a decade older than me yeah um he would like that music and i thought it was lame yeah. So now I'm sort of, you have a lot to say. I do. Little palate cleanser. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I I guess that's what I'm saying is my dad listens to that music. I know your dad listens to that music because yeah. that's, that's the generation. Yes. So to our generation, that is dad music. And it's funny that I'm now listening to dad music. And, yeah. and, and you're saying you don't have any associations with it, but you do. You have the association of your dad listening to that music. Yeah, I suppose that's true. So I wonder if there is just any part of you that's like, I'm a dad now. This is, this is the, like, I don't know. I think there's just some, listen to this. Listen, listen to this. Listen to this. This is uh, exactly what my dad would do. He would say, listen to this. Listen to this. But this is just like a glass of chocolate milk. right? Everybody here. loves this song. It's not just dads. I mean, everybody loves the smooth tones of Michael McDonald. And what is the hip hop song that samples that? It has Nate Dogg on it. I bet if I type in Nate Dogg, it'll be the first one. Yeah, it's. I think it's Regulate. Nope. Is it? It is. There's a long intro. Yeah. This is this is my relationship to Mike McDonald. I didn't even know that was a sample. I was like, Jesus, Nate Dog with two G's, the extra G's for genius, because this is some hot shit. Don't you always got no I keep forgetting when this song came out? I don't think I really... My musical education started way later. Yeah. So I would know this because there was a video for this. MTV wasn't rocking a video from Mike McDonald. Yeah. My dad specifically... <laughs> that wasn't a mistake. That was... You did I that did on that on purpose. purpose. Two quick snips of Regulate. <laughs> um, my dad really loved Yamobi there. <laughs> I See, <clears throat> okay, what do I think of when I think of Yamobi there? <laughs> Yamo gonna think of <laughs> of forty year old virgin. Yeah, and and just Michael McDonald in general, I think. But then, like at some point, yacht rock by people my age uh-huh. embracing like this music has like a sound that feels like being drunk on white wine in boat shoes. Yes, but <clears throat> it did is that true or is that just for you? Because I don't know anybody else your age that's like this is a thing i like the sound of this i think i you know dude i mean somebody mentioned this and i love that they picked up this poll quote so Derek webb came out this week mm-hmm. and we were talking about um shows like making murderer and wrongful convictions and how fascinated we are by wrongful convictions and then i i don't know if i said it or Derek said it but it was said that we were like how many wrongful convictions have we made in our mind mm-hmm. you know like we're always casting judgment on Mm -hmm. big issues. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is one of the biggest fascinations of my life Mm -hmm. is how the brain makes judgments. So I will quickly and joyfully concede that maybe one guy, maybe it was Ricky Van Veen, I bet it was, Uh who was like younger than me, cool guy in New York, 
put on Mike McDonald. Yeah. You know, it's like that Azizi, I mean, Aziz sort of scene. Uh-huh. They're younger, they're hipper than me, and they're listening to this. Uh-huh. <clears throat> this is what's so disturbing about the brain. Not disturbing, but it's interesting, and it can be disturbing. That might have been the only time when that happened. Yeah. And I was just like, cool uh-huh. kids listen to this, and that's happening. And you just run with it. Yeah. And then every once in a while, usually a family member or a longtime friend will call bullshit on it and just be like, I don't know if that's actually a thing. You know, in hindsight, it could have been me because I am very cool, as you know. And, no, um, no, I'm remembering that my my dear friend, Anea, who I used to work for, but is was always my close friend um, for Real Girl, Introduced me to she the Pandora for the company statement. Real Girl. Not saying for real girl. For real girl. Anea, if you're listening, you were my friend and my boss for, for real, real girl. girl. <laughs> for real. Thank you. Um, she introduced me to Yacht Rock because on like Fridays we would have we would go out on the patio and have white wine and like cheese and stuff. And I remember her putting it on, and me being like, because it was a Pandora station called Yacht Rock. That well, that's my other touchstone. Yeah. Is that they started calling it Yacht Rock? Yeah, meaning that's an ironic kind of jokey name. Yeah, being like we know this is lame. It's yeah, Yacht Rock, sure. But you can go on Pandora and say pay, play Yacht Rock. It was troubling to me that your dad, who doesn't listen to it ironically, mm-hmm. also goes Pandora play Yacht Rock. You know, like yeah, he, I, that's yeah. not how he sounds. But like <laughs> he it is, is a little bit. He says play Yacht Rock, and he's not like Haha, it's a joke because it's like bullshit music or whatever. Yeah, I don't think it's bullshit music, but I'm saying it kind of tongue in cheek. Yes. Yeah, but but again, that could be wrong. No, no, I think you're right. That 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 helps me. I think. That helps me understand the spirit in which you are listening to it. I'm also looking for those positive vibes with Leela. Yeah. Like, you put on dance music of any kind. Mm. We listen to Beyonce. We listen to Lizzo. Uh, we listen to Kelly Clarkson. We listen to Taylor Swift. We listen to more modern mm-hmm. stuff because it, it just has a, a vibration. Or if you want to make it less hippie, it probably has a certain key to it. Yeah. Like, it has a certain tonality that just kind of sounds... And tempo. And, and tempo. Certainly tempo. But, like, the colors of the music mm-hmm. are sort of more primary and and uh, safer. We listen to Paul Simon, starting mm-hmm. with Call Me Out. We listen to that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah. I want to put on Phoebe Bridgers, and I do. I want to put on The National, and I do. But those are much more, there's are purples and dark reds. Yeah, and, that's and what we put just on like, after six. We put it on after <laughs> six because it's a sleepy time music. But yeah. that's my all the time music. Yeah. But I, but I also have been getting more into this. So the Bee Gees is really interesting. So the um, the here we go. So uh, I queued up a song. That's what that was the typing. What was fascinating about the Bee Gees, and I'm not dad explaining this to you. This is the only thing you might want to know from the Bee Gees documentary. Okay, is that they never intended to make disco music, and all of the disco hate was. Uh, as so many things are, just an excuse to be homophobic and and racist. No way. Because it was the black and the black gay and the gay or the queer movement that was listening to good, real disco music. Whoa. But when Disco Sucks started, and they'd have it like, um, it wasn't Wrigley Field, it was the White Sox Field in Chicago, 
that have the like bring a disco record and we're going to blow them up because disco sucks. People were bringing Al Green records. People Whoa. were bringing all these things that aren't disco. Whoa. And they have this usher being like, I anybody could tell this was just an excuse to hate on the gay community and the black community. What? So I've never heard that. That was interesting. That is and, very interesting. And tragic. And when you look back, you're like, of course, yeah. that's what they're doing. Nobody cares this much about music. Who is listening to it? Yeah. It's it's you still see them in Central Park listening to disco. I'm a, I, I don't know, I can't speak to their sexuality, but you see kind of black older men with afros and cool glasses and headbands and roller skates and you and I would sit and watch them for hours because yeah. it was the best and so fun and free. Yeah. That's what a lot of people were getting in their craw. They mm. they they didn't want that, that sort of, of the, the sexuality and the liberation and the, and the and the integration or whatever it might be that was offending them. Yeah. So the Bee Gees didn't set out to make disco. They were just making dance songs. And this is very much like your dad, so I'm not even going to look at you when I do it. <laughs> but I would say that this song <laughs> is legit good. Let's listen. This is this doesn't seem like a disco song. I mean, it does. <laughs> but it. Come on. Uh, do you like an uh? I can't. Ready? I'll tell you when you do it. I can't get myself to do it. No. And it's very good talk show. I know. I know why it sounds like disco is because it has that like... Like it's very cheesy, kind of... It's synth heavy. And then when they start singing in falsettos, then you're really in disco territory. Yeah. But something fucking happened. Circling back to your point, here's the answer. And here's your hypothesis, completely conceded and approved by me. (laughs) Something fucking happened, and I'm a goddamn dad now. Yes. And I'm like... Yes, this is all I'm that's saying. That's all you wanted me to say. I'll give Do it to you. you think that's true, or are you just saying that? Yeah. So that you, I'll leave you alone to your music. You <laughs> strangers. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I actually am proposing something kind of magical and strange and, you know, it's probably just part of the I know what you're psychology saying. Now, that now we have, don't understand. It. But it's like, you know, of course, when you have a baby, so many things shift and change in your mind. And just like how I can't handle anything, any movie that's dark or sad now, you hear something in that music yeah. <laughs> that dads have been enjoying since the beginning of time. And, okay. <laughs> of, of that music. Uh, first of all, so generous of you, as you often do, use this time, any time we hang out, to help me understand myself. It's very <laughs> generous and very loving, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a lot of hip-hop has gone out. Mm-hmm. Um, not all of it, but certainly the Eminemers, I find to be... The Eminemers. The Eminemers is, is not... Bad. You know, I used to listen to Eminem on my way back from stand-up shows. Yeah. That's when it made sense. Yeah. And I'm sure I still will. But because I don't have that space, not to say that every set is a home run derby, but you you can have a good set, your adrenaline is jacked, and you want to listen to Killshot. Like, just him (laughs) roasting Machine Gun Kelly really hard. And and he's older. Yeah. So you're kind of like, we still got it. Like, that even has dad energy. You're like, look, he's my age, and and he's going after those young whippersnappers. So that's dad music, too. But there's no room for that. If I'm going to put on hip-hop, I put on Chance. 
because I'm with yeah. Lilo all the time. Yeah. And I love it, and it's I think so it's fantastic. Good. It's so good on its own. It doesn't For have sure. to be because of Lila. And that ha- I, we put on chants anyway, uh, just because it's good. But it also yeah. has more of a dance flavor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not all of them. But um, I'm not going to, um, like, your, your two chains or even your, um, I'm forgetting all of them because it's been so long. <laughs> Some of them just, it just gets a little bit more underground sounding mm-hmm. or a little bit more raw sounding. So it doesn't fit into my life as much anymore. Yeah. But when I was, I was watching a Nirvana documentary and when it came on, I was like, this is dad rock. I know. Like to me though, like meaning um, I love it oh. to an extent that the meter passes a point where you go, you're loving this too much. Mm. You're loving it because of the nostalgia of it. Mm-hmm. You're loving, you want to do air guitar. You want to do air drums. Yeah. Um, and Nirvana has like stood the test of time. Uh, I think in large part because Kurt's untimely passing. Yeah. So he didn't have time to become Lifehouse uh-huh, <laughs> or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, not to put it on. I, I mentioned Lifehouse because I think the dude from Lifehouse sounds like Kurt Cobain. Mm-hmm. Um, but all that's to say, uh, I would put that on if it didn't sound so aggressive. But in my quiet times, I do like listening to like heavy metal and like rock and stuff. But even me, yeah, I know even me liking it and calling it rock and stuff <laughs> makes it makes it this. In my quiet times, I listen to rock and stuff. Yeah, this is pretty. But like, if you watch it, they're they're making fun of them for looking like women and singing like women, it, and it's all like act like a man. Oh, stuff. that I feel like that was the narrative, even like when I knew when I was coming to know the Bee Gees. Like it, I feel like that narrative has really stuck with them. Where you know, like my salt of the earth family is like they like the music. But they're like, yeah. it's just so weird. They wear those tight little pants and they're singing like girls. Well, it's you know, like whenever it's we very go, heteronormative. When we saw when last time, it seems like a lifetime ago. But whenever we go to Broadway, like in New York, and go to Broadway and watch a Broadway show, mm-hmm. I look around and I say this with love. But there's a lot of ham and eggers, like real salt of the earth mm-hmm. ham and egg people. And I'm like, a lot of these people uh, are not for gay marriage or not for gay rights or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's this weird blind eye that will turn, like, Mm -hmm. maybe your parents with the Bee Gees not loving what they're about, Mm -hmm. but listening to the music. There's a whole, there's three, five hundred of them Mm -hmm. going, like, I am in direct opposition to your rights, but when you hit that high falsetto, I cry. Yeah. You know, there was a very, 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 very powerful sermon I saw. And this is actually before I got into what we'll call my Jesus time. <laughs> I've gotten very Jesus-y in the past year or whatever. And I'm loving it. And I'm loving it. Um, but even before that, I, this sermon went viral. And it was a, a preacher just dropping fire, mm. on calling bullshit on hypocrisy. Mm. And the example that he gives, which to this day, I, I keep it up there with Bernie Mac. And his Def Jam comedy set, which was like one of the most fearless sets of all time. It's sort of famous in the stand-up community. Mm -hmm. So I put it almost as high as that, is this sermon where this guy is like, says, I think it helps to paint the picture. It's a black church. So the the crowd is engaged Mm -hmm. in a way that white church is not. Mm -hmm. I know race is more subtle than black, white, but you know what I mean? It's like Mm -hmm. that flavor. Mm -hmm. Um, And he goes like, 
we all uh, say we don't love our gay brothers and sisters and we don't want them to get married, but we all look the other way on the choir director. And he, he doesn't even mean his choir director, but he puts it in a way like, how many of us are turning a blind eye to the choir director? And I was like, show damn! Like, damn! Because every church that I've been to, either as a visitor or belong to, or, uh-huh. you know, I, I'm not even thinking of specific people, but it was almost, it was just always very clear mm. that the, the choir director might be a gay man. Really? A lot of times. Wow. And you just sort of be like, he'd always be married. Yes. You know, to uh-huh. a woman. I wonder but, if the choir director of that church was like, hey. I mean, <laughs> if I was directing that special, I would have had a, a tight single on that choir director, and I would have cut to him or cut to his wife. That that would that would actually not be appropriate. But I, he wasn't calling out his choir director. He was just saying, "We know this." Yeah, it's the same thing with trans. Mm. Growing up, we act like trans is this new thing. My whole life, I remember the trans people. Yeah, I remember. I went to camp with a a, a, a man who transitioned into a woman. Uh, when I was in dinner theater, there was a guy there named Jeff who was a woman. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I think he knew he was too. I would be shocked if Jeff wasn't somebody else. But there was no, same person, but you know what I mean, yeah. different identity. Uh-huh. And we're all acting like it's just something we made up. In mm-hmm. the same way that people are like, well, we don't know any gay people. And it's like, this man, I don't want to make a gay joke. I was going to say he's wearing... You know, velvet slippers or something, but that's a stereotype. We know. <laughs> you went for it anyway. No, I was. Just, I just didn't want anyone to think that I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> but isn't it interesting that my dad probably loves the Bee Gees, but also at the other side of his mouth would be like, "Yeah." My dad wouldn't say something homophobic, but he'd call them weirdos. Well, the whole thing is. I mean, and that certainly was the case. And still is the case in in many ways with race, too. But, like, you know, like when when Jim Crow was still happening very much and was going to be happening for several more years, people were loving, I'm doing air quotes, but it's like black music. That's right. And would go and see Ray Charles and well, would go to the, you know, like... Cognitive dissonance. Yeah, and I, and, yeah, and there's so much there. I don't, I can't speak to it as well as I would like because there is, like, this weird thing of, like, we we like you as long as you are entertaining us. Like, Well, this, that's the movie Green Book. Oh, right, yeah. It's Green Book, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Where they're, like... You can play, but you can't have dinner in the dining room. Yeah, so crazy. And I know people gave that movie a hard time, but I, I don't know. I'm sort of who they made it for, so it's no surprise that a, like a straight white man felt redeemed by this movie. So oh, sure. like, I am not that, the one to... I think that might have even been the complaint about it. <laughs> I think that is the complaint about it. So this is not even a voice in the conversation. I'm just saying I like that movie Yeah. because I like... Let's broaden it. I like any movie where different people are forced together and at the end they learn to love one another. Sure. That's, a, that's just a genre of movie and, yeah. and that's what I like about Green Book. But when they say you can't, it's a true story that yeah. great pianist was asked to play but wasn't allowed to eat dinner in the dining room and, I, and I, I'm pretty sure, I can't remember the end. Good, I, I won't spoil it for anybody that hasn't seen it. I also remember in 
even in 12 years a slave there was a a i think he was free but would play the violin do you remember that movie i didn't see 12 years a slave oh gosh i i wish i could watch it now but i have had a baby and i can't handle anything like it's so good and it's really hard 12 years a slave 7 years of into bed we're running out of time guys <laughs> We we still have 500 days of summer, at least. Ah, uh, you. I scrambled. Um, a, B, C, D, E, M. <laughs> oh well, that's God. all the time we have. No, we have a live show coming up uh, on April 10th. Yeah. And it's going to be me, Val. We'll plug this in the intro, too, but in case you skip the intro, God love you. Yeah. I'm really Tickets excited. Tickets at com. Jason Schwartzman is the guest oh. with music by Matt Berninger from The National. I'm so excited um, just to like have something on the calendar that I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to it too. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited about I'm it. Really, I've been doing the live Zoom shows with uh, Mikey. Mm-hmm. Um, he really, uh, he found his little, his little niche with that, didn't he? I know. I feel like we're sort of doing it, hopefully, at the tail end of the quarantine. But Mikey really showed up for people during the quarantine, during doing a lot of shows and stuff. You have one, like, curly gray hair on your sideburn that I'm really digging. You're digging it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, just for all the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Who else could this be for? <laughs> That's what this whole thing is. I'm going to look um, for a question while you... Pete's got a, a high... Up. I tried to do it high for you. I know. I like it high. Uh, man bun happening right now. And look, we read some of the Instagram comments. We know that the long hair is pretty controversial in the fan base. Uh, but in this house, it is not controversial. I'm fully into it. Man bun. And I really, lo- I really like the man bun. I didn't know I was that person. I, I mean, I I didn't know I would just I would love it as much as I did, and I and I really do. And at this point, you have longer hair than I do because I got a haircut. That's true. Tyler sent us a quote, which I love from Rupert Spira. Ooh. He said, "Looking for awareness with the mind is like trying to find darkness with a torch." Oh, that's a good one. That is so great. Thank you, Tyler. I'm going to like it. I liked it. Yeah, that's. That really is, um, it happened, it comes up at, at least once a day where I'm like scrambling to to identify with awareness and I realize that my mind is trying to do it. And I'm like, oh, oh, I can't, this isn't, this isn't for you, brother. This isn't for you. Isn't for that you, was, brain. you know, I had a dream the other night where I was like on an airplane and I was going to fall out of the airplane or something. Mm-hmm. I'm often dreaming that you have to land on a city street or something like that. Just like a lot of in the sky things. And mm. I was trying to, in my dream, I was going like, it's okay. It's all awareness. Like it's all, you know, a dream. You're never not home. You are not your body. You are not your mind. Mm-hmm. But then in the dream, I was very nervous that if you threw me out of an airplane, and this is just true, mm-hmm. I would have an incredibly hard time <laughs> finding the part of me that's like, I'm not my body. Oh, yeah, of course. And that is a master class that I hope I'm never given, of course. Yes. And it even makes my skin crawl to think of that. But um, yeah, what, it's, it's sometimes hard. We're, we're driven by our minds so often that it, it can be such a tricky thing 
that God or the mystery or infinity, infinity or love or true oneness is only really accessible going around the mind. So I talk about this a lot, but it's a meditation. It's on iTunes. It's called An Invitation to Freedom. Yeah, Val and I do it all the time. Yeah. It's by Muji. And it's really wonderful. I recommend it. I've always wanted to do it every day for a month and to see what would happen. Mm-hmm. But the, one of the problems, he's trying to introduce you to the sensation of isness. Mm-hmm. And one of the problems that I run into is instead of looking at the unlookable, looking at being itself, I just start looking at my brain or my thoughts. Yeah. So when he's like, does it have a beginning? And sometimes my brain will be like, yeah. Uh-huh. I was born and it began. Yep. And then you go like, no, he's not talking about the phenomena in your brain. Yes. He's talking about the hum in the fridge. Uh-huh. He's talking about this. <laughs> and it's really hard. That's so right. I'm going to think about that quote. I think that's so true and I and I've had that exact experience doing that pod, uh doing that uh meditation. And I will sometimes do that meditation and feel very, this happened more in the beginning, but would feel very frustrated because it seemed like a bunch of riddles. Like he asks a bunch of questions like that. Did did it ever begin? Uh, He calls it your isness. Did isness ever begin? Can it ever end? Uh, Is there anywhere isness cannot be? Is there is there or, any boundary beyond which it is not? That's a good if one. If you're in your head, if you're identified with your mind, it feels like psychotic riddles that are so frustrating to your mind. And um and then I've also experienced when you when I am identified with awareness and I'm just like, nope, yep, no, like it's yeah. totally yeah. just so obvious. But sometimes the torch is blotting out all the darkness. And what's so tricky is that your mind, the the concept of I am not doing this right, that's why it's frustrating, or there is a state to get into that I am not, is a, also a story of your mind and a trick, kind of a trick of your mind to keep you in your mind. Well, that's in the meditation. He goes, please relax. There's no way to fail. And he says, let go of everything let go of even the desire to become enlightened. Yeah. Which is so important. He also says let go of the present moment. Yeah. Because the whole thing, we're summarizing it, but it wouldn't ruin it. I really recommend it to anybody. There's a long version and a short one. Start with the long one. Then when you get familiar with it, you can do the short one. And that's only like 20, 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I forget my point. Um, forget the present moment. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, the whole idea is the present moment can be a thought. You're like, this is the present. Be here now as a thought. Yeah. And he's really trying to be like, Clear stop up. thinking. Yeah. And that's so refreshing to me. The Christianity I say with love, but the Christianity that I was raised in was so much about looking for uh, Egyptian armor in the mm-hmm. in the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. It was so about trying to find the coin that Jesus said, give to Caesar what is Caesar, mm-hmm. or the shroud of Turin, or the burial site of Christ. So we wanted to prove it mm. by the scientific method. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, no disrespect, but in my visceral experiential experience, <laughs> experiential experience, <laughs> I've been like, none of that stuff 
is really where the juice is at. Right. Like it makes so much more sense now, especially, I don't know, when I'm telling a story or I could see me explaining something to Leela, like Santa Claus, using a story to illustrate a point more deeply than facts ever could mm-hmm. makes so much more sense to me. You know what Alexander Shia said when he, he, that was one of the episodes of this podcast that changed my life. He goes, myths are true because they truly depict the way energy moves in the world. Mm. So Jesus died. Jesus is resurrected. Mm. That is true. Mm -hmm. First of all, that could be true. Yeah. We can stay open to that. I like getting groovy and being open to that literally being true. Mm -hmm. That's a fun. That's fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it it could be. Um, But a tree leave a tree dies and the acorn falls and it grows again yeah. that is true things are reusing. birth and death are happening and resurrection are happening that's right all the time and it's trying to wake you up to that yeah i don't want to spoil it but um his book is right here brian muras murarescu murarescu the immortality key <laughs> i know i can't say it murarescu right. i know poor brian brian m um he was talking about It's a brilliant point. I couldn't ruin it, even if I said everything that he said. He's like, the whole universe, the sun rises. And if you were just first day on this earth, you see the sun rise and then you see the sun go down. Where's it going? Mm -hmm. You have no reason to be like, don't worry, it'll be back. Mm -hmm. And and he said the Egyptians even had a mythology to explain that. The sun goes into the underworld. And this is Persephone in the Greek mythology. The, the daughter of rejuvenation, of birth and growth, goes into the underworld. That's winter. Wow. And she has, that's the negotiation, I'm yeah. butchering it, but that's the negotiation they made. She can spend half the year in the underworld, but you have to let her out for the other half of the year. Yeah. And this is true because it's true in the way that that's how energy moves in the universe. Yeah. And that is a much bigger I was going to say clitoris to rub, but like it's a much, <laughs> it's a much more Go sensual and exciting spot on your psyche to titillate and to entertain and to satiate yeah. than just, did Jesus walk from Galilee into Nazareth well, by yeah. this road or this road? And when he said this, did he mean it like to me in a <laughs> mall of America buying a gun? Like, get the fuck out of here. How about the moon, Richard? <laughs> what about, about the goddamn moon, yeah, Richard? wake up, Richard. Well, wake that, up and look at the moon. I mean, that is it. <laughs> it feels so silly then to be like, but did it actually happen in the, in time, in the past time? And you're like, you mean that the thing that we also made up? Yeah, that's right. Like, <laughs> You mean that stuff that is gone? Yeah. <laughs> That is so gone. Yeah. That is so gone. So gone. And whenever you're dwelling on it, the the color and the vibrancy is is sucked out of this moment Mm -hmm. like blood from a faint person's face. Yeah. Like, fuck! You're You're here! You're it's like you were are walking on a beach at sunset, and instead of like letting the waves come and touch your feet and feeling that and looking at the sunset, you are on your hands and knees observing your own previous footsteps. That's right. <laughs> and or like, even look, look up. Thinking about a year ago and the conversation you had with somebody that that's what we're always doing, replaying yeah. all of these movies. Yeah. But that again was a fundamental flaw in from my perspective. 
of the way that Christianity was explained to me, mm-hmm. which is that divine revelation was over. So mm-hmm. all we had was the records right. of, of the past. Yes. All we had was their ecstasy, That's their right. revelation. That's right. As if God wasn't writing with ink on your face right now. That, that sounds dirty. So tr- I didn't think okay, so. Okay, it just that. it sounded like literally dirty like ink dirt <laughs> um but yeah no i i think that's so true and that really is that that's such a that's an element to it that i totally forgot but that was what it was it was like god uh breathed into the bible and that's the holy word but then he stopped he like stopped so and there's no you, more new information and that's like 0.01% of known time if yeah. you want to talk about the past that means that like 0.01% of humanity has mm-hmm. had access to this message yeah. and that God didn't care until Homo sapiens showed up, wasn't mm-hmm. involved yeah. in fish, in water, in air, in tree. That was all just the backdrop yeah. for us and our little play 2,000 years ago yeah. when we're talking about billions of years of a solar system and a, and millions and millions of years of a planet, maybe billions. I, I don't have the facts yeah. uh, on me right now. Mm-hmm. Here's a fun question. Ready? Yeah. Would you? This is from Elliot Turner. Uh, sorry. Were you done with our... I don't... I, uh, no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think so. I'm d- it just... Uh, Go yes, ahead. It no. is a bit of whiplash. I thought that might be funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was a bit whip. It was jarring. It was a little jarring. I feel like you were fully midpoint and then I Well, to put a put a cap on it. The present that you are in right now is the same present Jesus was in. It's the same present Moses was in. Mm-hmm. It's the same present Muhammad was in. It's the same present as Lucy, the you know the the first, the oldest human oh, yeah. that we found. Uh-huh. It's this present. Yeah, it's always this present. Right. It's only this present, yeah. and we put in this present. We built things that go, and we have a planet going around a star. And we're going, well, this is this, and there's time, and our bodies decay at a certain pace and all this stuff. But it's always this present. Yeah. Again, uh, Brian said this on my podcast, and I love this quote. He goes, the eye, I think it's Augustine. He goes, the eye that I look at God with is the same eye that God looks at me with. Yeah. I'm paraphrasing that. that. Uh Uh-huh. But it's like... There's only one being. Mm. There is the phenomenon of being. Mm-hmm. And so there isn't like God's being mm-hmm. and your being. Mm-hmm. It all starts with the same fundamental ingredient, which is awareness itself. Right. So that is the pearl of great price. That is your divine inheritance. That is what makes you a child or a daughter or a son of God or mm-hmm. of the mystery or a card-carrying member of this mm-hmm. is, and Sam Harris says it's the only thing that isn't that it's is undeniable. beyond. It's undeniable. Yeah, it, that exists. Yeah. Why? Because you listening and Val, me, and us talking and listening now, it is not in question that we are aware. Yeah. Everything else could be bullshit. Yep. It all could be a, an illusion or vapor or whatever. Or the it, matrix. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't answer what the spark inside is. And we know that exists because you can feel it, you can sense it, and you can operate within it right now. Yeah. And it's really right. fucking cool. Yeah. But to control people, 
you go, uh, God spoke for a time and then he stopped. Yeah. As if a prophet was the only mouthpiece that God could have. Right. Like only these special people that could, I don't know, see the future. That's not even what a prophet is. It's, a prophet is more like a patriot and a, a mystic and like all these other, and a historian mixed all together. But we were like, oh, Isaiah was like a, like a, he had a crystal ball and he could see the future. So he knew God, yeah. but you don't know God. Yeah. It's like, well, what is this that's in me that's knowing anything? Yeah. That's the right. same eye that looks at me is the eye that I look back to God with. It's the it's one eye. Right. And all of these these like you know, prophets were pointing to um a loss of identity and to go, to be like stripped down back into awareness mm-hmm. in their different ways. And so, and then it just gets so, because we hear it with the human ego and the human mind, which is just fighting for survival, we just create even more identity around it, Mm. which is just going in the opposite. We're just losing that center point of, of the only thing we can know for sure is awareness. Mm. You know, you're just like loading your brain up with even more knowledge about who that prophet was and exactly like you were saying, exactly what did they say and what did that mean? And it's like that's all still just keeping you in your brain, out of your body, out of your pure light of awareness. That's right. Um, And that's what makes it so readily available to anybody. Absolutely. Intellectuals. Or a guy living in the Appalachians alone who never applies any symbol, metaphor, or tradition to it. That's right. Can quietly be ministered to by the same level of force that Moses experienced or whoever your go-to guy or girl that touched the face of God. That is that is what is at play right now. That is how you're hearing my voice. Yeah. And these mysteries and these phenomena sometimes reveal themselves to our perception with greater intensity or lesser intensity, or we're depressed or we're low or, and we don't feel it, or we're high and we're this and we do feel it. It doesn't change the fact that it's always there. So when you're low, you can go the same ecstasy and phenomena and mystery and wonder and joy and just unexpected unexpressible isness is also animating me in this time when I think it's all a bunch of bullshit and I could give a fuck. You're still the miracle. That's and right. that's, that's kind of a good way to look at faith is you just go like, I, I, yeah, Pete doesn't believe it right now, but there's a part of me that knows quietly. That's right. That doesn't really matter. That's so, that's <laughs> it. Well, that, that is it. It's it, it, not only is it accessible to everyone, it, it, it is, Everyone, <laughs> like it is you, you cannot be apart from it. That's right. That's the, the, I mean, the most, probably the most extreme that I have felt like the, uh, the most clarity I've had on this was after doing Fred Davis's, uh, the book of undoing. Is that what it is? Yeah, I'll Google um, it. Cause there's, I think there's the book of unknowing and then the book of undoing. And I'm pretty sure it's undoing, but he just takes you through the book of unveiling. No, it's the book oh, of undoing. Sorry, of undoing. There's the book of undoing then the book it's of unknowing. It's a great and then audio the book, book. I did it on an airplane and I yeah. felt like I did it. I was in the clouds. I it was incredible. It, yeah. I did it back here on the couch with like a blanket on. 
and he's just taking someone through basically an awakening, uh, but by asking all these questions. And one of the questions is, uh, he he says, think of a time when you were a child, a hap- if you know, if you have any, hopefully you do, a happy childhood memory. Was there a sense of being there? And then you think of a time, you know, maybe 10 years ago or something that was a little bit more recent. Was there a sense of being there? Was that sense of being different than the one that you had as a child? Fucking trippy, dude. And then he says, think, like, visualize that I come over and we're, we go for a walk tomorrow, you know, tomorrow. I'm coming over and we're going to go for a walk. Picture that. Can you feel the sense of being there? Yeah. Is it Will there different? be a sense of being? And it's like, it's the of same course, being. there is a sense of being. Otherwise, there there's no way that there could ever not be that awareness because that awareness would have to be there to say, there's no awareness here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's my favorite that's part. That's why when people are afraid of the void, if, if and that is totally a possibility. We die and we go into a void. Mm-hmm. The Buddhists would join us there. Mm-hmm. Although the Buddhists would be like, you'll be reincarnated until you earn the right to go into the void. So like, <laughs> hold your horses, atheists. You don't just get to jump into the void because you don't believe anything. You've got to earn nothing. Um, <laughs> but uh, I know. Uh, but even the sense of a void is so unthinkable because something would have to be there to go. There's nothing here. Yeah. That's why I've always wanted, not, I don't really want to do this. It sounds like too much effort, but like a, like a graphic novel about monks in hell who know that even though they're in like a cartoon Looney Tunes hell where everybody's on fire and there's demons, just like classic Western hell, they would still go, but I'm still here. Like there's still awareness here, which means God is still here, which means I can wake up here. Yeah. If, if you're there being devoured by bats. Yeah. God is still with you. Right. And God is still you. God, if anything's in hell, God is in hell. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Because where could you be? I make my bed in the depths and you're there. I'm in hell. You're there. Like Mm -hmm. if being is there, the great I am is there. Mm -hmm. You can't go in this special place where being is not. Right. And be tortured. Right. So that means in my graphic novel and in this thought experiment that it's possible to achieve enlightenment in hell. Right. In fact, it might be a pretty easy place, not easy, mm-hmm. to achieve enlightenment because you wouldn't be attached to your surroundings. Right. So in this thought experiment, hell could be perceived as grace. You might call that purgatory. Yeah. You might say this is a temporary torture reality that I hate, which makes me go inward and I go, fuck this shit, I'm out of here. And then you realize you're everything and you can freely travel about the universe. There's George Harrison songs that put this more beautifully. Well, absolutely. And to take the like magic mysticism out of it, um, we know already that when you are in a hellish moment of your life, that that often has the opportunity to lead to gr- great awakenings Look- of any type. As, but especially enlightenment. But even if you're like, well, I don't, I still don't even know what enlightenment is. But I know that when this loved one died, I or when I ha- got a divorce, I awakened whole other parts of myself. Like That's right. we know that darkness often leads to a greater opening. 
So, of course, that would be the case with that. And in hell, it would be the perfect darkness. It would darkness. be the easiest. And Eckhart Tolle says, <laughs> he says, in many ways, uh, people who are suffering have a greater shot at awakening because you would want to, you don't well, want to awake. blessed are the hungry because yeah. they will be fed. Yeah. You don't want to awake from a dream that's just fine. That's right. You're you're less motivated. That's exactly right. I love that so much. Yeah. Um, my favorite joke of currently is in the Gospel of Thomas, and it's Jesus, uh, as recorded by the Gospel of Thomas, and he says, um, which is not in the Bible. Why I'm pointing that out? It's extra biblical, uh, but a lot of scholars would argue that it's just as valid. Anyway, um, I've been laughing about this since I read it. I read it to you, Val. I read it before bed, and it's um, I'm going to paraphrase it. But Jesus says, um, there was a, a rich man and he had uh, many fields of wheat and he had this idea, I'm going to build silos and I'm going to fill every silo overflowing with wheat so I'll never have to worry again. And that night the man died. <laughs> that is a setup, punchline, stand-up comedy, <laughs> hilarious joke. Then he tags it with his classic, his catchphrase, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Yeah. Because... And okay, so then the Buddha is reported to have said, the mistake you're making is thinking you have time. So what do people realize when their loved one dies? What do they realize when they know they are dying? Is that what are we doing? Gathering wheat, making plans, or looking at our footsteps on the beach when there's a very materialist and Western way of looking at this, meaning like, this is the moment, so fucking... Go have sex and eat a a pizza and YOLO. (laughs) It's not YOLO. It's just like, wake up. Be here. Wake up. I'm planning for a future that is not promised to me. Yeah. And that doesn't give me license to go out and get day drunk and Mm. try cocaine or, or, or quit my job and poop into the Grand Canyon. That's the YOLO of it. Well... Really, you can do whatever you're doing, but you do it with the vivacity of someone having a lucid dream where you can't believe not that you exist. Who cares that you exist? Yeah. Because you won't exist. You care that existence exists, that something greater than just you Mm -hmm. willed this, is this. Yeah. We can take the verb, the human verb willed, like made a choice. It just is. Yeah. And then you go, sure, you can put some wheat in your silo, but don't forget the punchline. You could fucking die right now. So don't don't tune out while you're filling the silo. Yeah. Don't live your life in the projected future where your silos are filled and now you can be happy. Yeah. Be present. Be alive as you're filling the silo. That's a good joke that makes you think that. It's so good. My man JC killing it on the streets. And, well, I don't know where he was, but I'm guessing he was in Jerusalem. <laughs> you know what? Let's look it up. This is important information. This is impo- What's really important is where he was where standing because I'd like to touch the stone. where. Je- that's what we wanted to do when I was studying in Jerusalem. Yeah. Is there a stone that we oh, know Jesus touched? Absolutely. I. It really was like... 
I did the tour, I, like the Christian tour of Jer- Jerusalem, and it was so like we think Jesus one time leaned against this pillar. That's <laughs> and right. We're like, oh, okay. And by the way, they don't know. I don't mean to ruin the fun, <laughs> but they don't know. They're like, this is the tree that Z- Z- Zacchaeus climbed. Yes. And it's like, like how, no, it's how not. How could you possibly know? There was a hundred and fifty years where Christianity was a joke on Coke. Yeah. There was a joke on Coke before Constantine was like, that's the religion. And so 150 years later, then they started being like, well, where did it happen? Yeah. That would be like if nobody gave a fuck about the Civil War. Uh-huh. And then you and I were like, no, the Civil War is the shit. And then we went around going like, I think this is where. Yeah. You know, and this is probably where. Yeah. That would be 150 years wow. of of no wow. knowledge and then scrambling. That's so interesting. It's really Dumbsville. But I, here, here's a tip. Go to Jerusalem and show me a, a stone that Jesus didn't touch. Yeah. I don't mean physically. I don't. I mean panentheism that contains the Christ. Right. So you don't even have to go there. Right. Again, George Harrison, I can sit in my bedroom and look out the window and go into the, into the solar system because he realizes this is the solar system. Yeah. Fly out there. You know what's out there? This. Right. It's this out there. Right, right. Right. We're in outer space. <laughs> you don't have to go to outer space. You're in outer space. <laughs> Something that Jerry Seinfeld would never say or be interested in. <laughs> Little palate cleanse. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I... I feel like you are the embodiment of nicotine gum right now, and I cannot keep up with you. <laughs> I'm manic, and I I am chewing a piece of nicotine gum. <laughs> um, I've never smoked in my life, but nicotine gum, I, I don't recommend it. I'm weaning myself I off. was just going to say, like, 500 miles ago, that that the, like, yo, the, the misunderstanding of, like, be present uh, as being, or, or, like, you could die at any moment, YOLO, it's like the... the uh, so many times, I would say the most, the times that that is used most often is to justify an action that you wouldn't need to do if you were being fully present. I love that. You're <laughs> like brilliant. You're living in some sort of past wound or some kind of fear because when you are present, like the George Harrison thing, you can sit on your bed and everything is so radiant and perfect as it is. And you you don't need cocaine or whatever the thing is. YOLO is filling your silo with wheat, going, look yeah. at all the good times I'm, I'm having. I'm creating. When I'm dying, I'll remember that I went jet skiing that summer. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's just missing the mark a little bit. A you know what bit. another term for missing the mark is? What? Sin. It's just uh-huh. off. It's off the mark. Yeah. So that's that's the sin we should be talking about. We're talking about jerking off. We're talking about swearing. Or we're talking about watching Tarantino movies. <laughs> How about the sin of getting lost in your head or gathering your wheat for your silo instead of realizing that the kingdom of heaven is here and now? Yeah. That's the great sin. Yeah. But it's not a sexy sin. No. And, it's, and everybody has it, so nobody can get up and be holy and be like, stop doing this. Yeah. Or it's, it's very hard for, to find people that can say that. And also, that being said, that's the whole game, man. So, like, don't get down on yourself. Everybody is forgetting constantly. We live in trance all the time. All of us do. And then you have those brief moments of remembering. And that's grace. And you are not bad. You are not broken if you're like, okay, but I can't seem to get out of the trance of this thought pattern or my own mind. 
uh, that's that's it. That's fine. That's what we're all doing. And it can be it can be good and fun and interesting. That's why when yeah. you were like, you listen to dad music now. Yeah. I I was careful to be like, I'm not offended at all. Yeah. But for fun, I'm going to be offended because it's not an error. <laughs> yeah. It's not an error to be here. Yeah. It's not an error to be lost. This isn't, it's not an error to forget. We're not trying to, uh, like, even the solar system thing is, is very cool. And I just want to, like, bring it back down to Earth for a second. Uh, like, all of that is really groovy. And we're our awareness is housed in these beautiful, miraculous bodies on this incredible planet. And, like... We're here, so let's do it. Like, there's yeah, no, I love there's Val. no trying I want to. Val. Yeah, there's no. I like that, and I like Pete. Yeah, there's nothing Pete. to to escape here. Uh, in fact, being we're trying to be here, we're trying to be way more here. So, even like, I'm just very aware that we got real crown chakra e, which is very cool, and that it might not even make any. It might sound like a frustrating riddle to almost everybody. Uh, and that's fine. Just root down what, what are, look around your room right now, wherever you are. What do you see? What do you smell? What do you feel? Change. (laughs) Change. Uh, and just like, that's it. You're here. You're doing it. This is it. Well, that's already doing it. This is perfection and you are a part of that. Yeah. So speaking of perfection, I heard one of the coolest things on suffering and evil and discord that I've ever heard, and it came from my man, my homeboy, my soul brother, (laughs) Alan Watts, who I highly recommend, meaning I'm high right now, (laughs) that you go on YouTube and type in Alan Watts, W-A-T-T-S, and just... (laughs) And just go ahead and, and have your dick or your puss or whatever you got, whatever you're working with, just have it blown off. <laughs> butthole. Everybody's got a butthole. Have your butthole blown off. <laughs> um, he's brilliant. And he made this point that everything is a matter of um, perspective, mm. meaning you can look with a microscope at something. Yeah. You can look with the naked eye at something. And you can look at something with a telescope. You're going to see three very different things. Yeah. Well, which is it? We have the human bias that what you see with your naked eye is what it is mm-hmm. because that's the norm. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's what we see the most often. So we just have this unexamined human bias mm. that how human beings see things. We mm-hmm. don't see ultraviolet light, for example. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> so who cares? That's why we go to that's Alaska and look at the Aurora Borealis because you can see it with the naked eye. That's cool. Yeah. Who cares that a holiday in when you shine ultraviolet light on it Looks like the Aurora Borealis. <laughs> we don't care because who wants one of those things? I'm not in college and I don't have a blacklight poster. So anyway, he makes this very, very interesting point. I, I don't want to ruin it with extrapolation um, and further analysis. I'll just leave it here. Mm-hmm. But he makes the point that if you could look at your own blood, the blood, the cells in your veins, mm-hmm. you would see huge amounts of conflict. You would see things killing other things. Mm -hmm. You would see antibodies fighting Mm -hmm. viruses. You would see this fighting that. Things eating other things for life. Mm -hmm. Really go, not just blood cells, but other cells just in your blood. Mm -hmm. Huge amounts of discord. Mm -hmm. You zoom out, human body, thriving, growing hair. Mm -hmm. Hair is just dead cells. 
Wow. Every strand of hair, he didn't say this, but I'm saying this. Every strand of hair is a cell died and then it's growing out of your hair, basically. Somebody explained that to me. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure it has something to do with death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your skin is dying. Amoebas on your skin are dying. The my, tiny microorganisms in your eyebrows are dying. Mm-hmm. All these things are dying. So much death, so much conflict. And if you were that small and conscious, mm-hmm. you would take sides. That's mm-hmm. what he said. He'd say, well, these things are losing and these things are winning. It wouldn't have anything to do with the whole. You would just be going like, look, white blood cells are losing or red blood cells are are winning or whatever it might be because you're just looking at it. You're standing somewhere in my spleen Mm. and that's your whole reality. Mm. But you zoom out and you see the perfection of the human body. Mm -hmm. We're looking at a healthy, vibrant, alive body that is built on discord. And in the same way, he's like, zoom out When this world doesn't make sense, Jesus is always saying the poor, war, like war, war, poor, poor and war, war, meaning things not going to your will Mm -hmm. will always be with you. Yeah. That will always be with you. Meaning, and and it's in the book of the Tao. They say, you want to improve the universe? I don't think it can be done. Mm. Maharaji said, uh, Ramdas was in India. There was an earthquake he was rushing, and this is going to sound strange, but he's rushing to get his van to go and help. And Maharaji said, don't you see it's all perfect? Mm. That is the zoomed out level. It's not a popular level. Mm-mm. People aren't necessarily going to like you for being like, don't you see? This is just another body. And the discord from another perspective, a higher altitude has its place. Yeah. We want to narrativize it and be like, I always say this, but... Somebody did something evil to me. Somebody stole money from me. But then the investigator from the IRS that was helping me, that was my soulmate. Now we're married and that got us little Timmy and Timmy invented a vaccine. You know what I mean? Uh We do that. Uh But the people that are really floating above it and seeing us, as I've always said Mm -hmm. and always enjoyed, seeing humanity as cells in a body and the body is every known thing that when things don't make sense, there is a quiet comfort to go they don't make sense to little me, but yeah. there's something bigger at play, which yeah. is a larger body, which yeah. is a body that has no interest in 2021 English speaking people listening to a podcast. No personalized interest necessarily, but an interest in all things equally that's using all of it. Yeah, absolutely. And and literally, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. That is... And then let's drop back down to our bodies because yeah. you need to have compassion. You need to serve. And you do need to get in your van and help people when there's an earthquake. That's right. And so you can put wheat in your silo. It's just how are you putting wheat in your silo? You yeah. can help other people, but you can keep that, the smile of the Buddha. Why is Buddha smiling? Because he gets the cosmic joke. He yeah. sees the perfection that you and I, I'm being honest, I can't see it mm-hmm. most of the time. Mm-hmm. But I can have faith that it that it's happening in a way that I'll never understand, that I would even say is ununderstandable. Yeah. There are some people that get kicked into that frequency yeah. and go, This is a body. Yeah. And I know you're a white blood cell and, and you're a red blood cell or this is you're this amoeba or you're, or you're this disease. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're a disease. <laughs> yeah. But even the Buddha was very into like you know, feeding the poor and taking care As of As was the, Maharaji, yeah. And it is it's I think that that's, um, you know, I've been quoting this almost every 
podcast, it feels like since I learned it, but, but that is the two parts of mindfulness is kind of that absolute, um, allowing for everything to be just as it is and seeing that it's, it's all perfect because it's what is happening and there's actually nothing else. There's actually nothing else but the, right. but what is. So by saying it's perfect, you're just saying that is, that is. That's right. <laughs> and That's then, right. And, that is. And then... Because arguing against it would be insanity. Yes, and exactly. It is. And resisting it in the the way that we like to resist things of like just ruminating about how it should not be is not effective for anybody. Mm. So... Getting into the, you know, being quiet, being still, seeing, uh, identifying as awareness, seeing then how everything just is and allowing. And then from that place, filling your silo, fighting for social justice, you know, doing everything from that wiser place. Because it, it it's this, it's exactly, it goes back to like, yes, we're... Uh, you know, we're stardust awareness, cosmic, uh, groovy hipsters, <laughs> and we're in this body. Let's do this thing. Right. Well, Alan Watts was also talking about, like, when you give to somebody, getting lost in that trip of, like, you need my help and I'm giving to you. Yeah. And no matter how you're... Uh, clean you're trying to do it how that can be a whole trap he made this really funny point he's like how many millions of people have died because the west was like we want to help you let us help you or die yeah so there's another it's hard to understand but there's an emptiness that we want to have when helping yeah meaning a a, a nobodiness and that's where the wisest action can come from yeah be helping don't be the helper be yeah, helping. Yeah. Be, be the helping. quality of helping yeah. instead of being like, I'm a helper. That's a trap I fall into. I, mm-hmm. I, I love trying to help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why, Pete? Because you, you get you off on it. You feel good you, about yourself. Yeah. Then yeah. That's my water skiing. And when I'm dying, I'll be like, I was a good boy. It's still that trip. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's heavy. It's heavy stuff. Yeah. Love it. Good. 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 Are you good? Sorry I'm so jacked. It's all right. I'm sorry I'm I'm not jacked at all. You are perfectly jacked. Are you crazy? <laughs> I'm jacked. I love how jacked you are. Um, oh, I can't, we I do the funny question. Questions. Here's the funny question. Oh, okay. Uh, Elliot Turner, 517 followers, asks, we both follow Stacey Abrams. Oh, yeah, Stacey Abrams. Cool. <laughs> that was just a joke to include that. <laughs> question for We Made It Weird. Would you rather eat pizza for breakfast every morning or get pancakes for dinner every night? Love the podcast and you and Val's relationship. It's wonderful to listen to how in love you two are. My mm. wife and I are silly weirdos, too. Aww. Well, Elliot, we are queen and king silly today, and I'd like to be the queen. Aw, I love that. Um, I'm going pizza every morning. Absolutely. Pizza in the morning, pizza in the evening, pizza, pizza at supper time. When pizza's on, on the, the pizza. table, you can eat. Oh, no, when pizza's on the bagel. Fuck. <laughs> I, I'm doing Mikey's pizza show again in like an hour or two, and I wrote all these pizza jokes. Let me see if there's any, my, my best ones. I love pizza. First of all, so I said, much. Mike looks like a cheese pizza who wished to become a real boy. Great. 
Uh, Mikey thinks about pizza during sex, but it's not to not finish. It's to wrap things up. <laughs> uh, Mike looks like if you pointed his phone at a pizza, it would unlock. <laughs> um, let's see. That, this is a really bad one. But I'll, Mike loves pizza so much that when he learned to tell time, they told him 3 p.m. is when the big hand is on the pepperoni. I like that. You like that one? I it, bar- like that. it barely makes any sense. I know. Vegan pizza, which is what I eat, is like, I don't even call it pizza. I call it bread with a dream. Uh-huh. Vegan pizza is like if you photocopied a real pizza and then ate the warm paper. That's great. I like that one. Um, pizza is such a fun word to say. One of the most popular slogans for the product is just saying the word twice. <laughs> pizza, pizza. I've never had leftover pizza. If you put pizza in your fridge, you also have severed heads in it. <laughs> oh, my God. What? Wait, that's so crazy. What? You, are you are you you're against putting pizza in their fridge? Oh, because you want because eat I it eat it all. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah I thought yeah, you were yeah. like for a second. You're like just leave it on the counter. I didn't get to do this one. Green pepper has no place on a pizza. If pizza is cinnamon toast crunch, green pepper is the shrimp tails. <laughs> um, it's too fresh. Do you agree with this? It's too, I do agree. It's too green and crunchy. It's like putting wheatgrass in your beer. I agree. Don't bring vitality into this. People who love pizza love sleep, and we know that eating pizza is the closest we can come to eating sleep. That's you don't so eat pizza true. before a jog. Pizza is your excuse to not go on a jog. I'd love to jog, but I just ate a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's great. I also didn't get to do this one. Deep dish. I don't like deep dish. I know some people love it, but I don't like it. It's like a bread bowl of soup, but there's no soup. It's just six pounds of cheese. It's not pizza. It's somebody got walked in on eating tons of cheese and was embarrassed and was like, this isn't weird. I'm from Chicago. Oh, that's great. That's fantastic. Yeah, there you go. I love that. All right, so I'll be telling those jokes, but there, you got them for free here. Um, Okay. You got a poem? Yeah, I do. One last plug. Come join us April 10th. It'll be me and Val. And it'll be like this, but we'll take your questions live. You get to be on the show, ask the question, and, and we'll answer it on the air. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. And Jason Schwartzman, he's Come on. so cool. And you name your price. I know not I everybody's that. able to work right now, so pay less. Uh, and if you can afford, maybe uh, chip in a little bit extra to carry the others. That's oh what I did God. with Radiohead's album. Oh, my God. <laughs> and just so you could tell people that you did that. Yeah, and we're back to that <laughs> bullshit. Okay. Um... This is, I'm trying to decide between two different ones. Two different ones. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to go with this one. Uh, This one's heavier. I'm going with the heavier one. A heavy poem? Yeah, but I think, I feel like it's in line with, um, with what we've been talking about. Do you want music behind it? Sure. You know what? Never mind. <laughs> that was so funny. That was very good. That was just perfect. Was very good. I mean, we did it. You All did right, it. We'll put on our usual. I And I decided I'm not going to read the heavier one. I'm going to save that because I feel like it's going to have a perfect time to read and it's going to reveal itself. People often ask us what song this is. It's Jim No PD, number one. You can ask Alexa to play it by saying, play Eric Satie. It'll play this song. Yeah. Okay, this is called The Cure for It All by Julia Fehrenbacher. Go gently today. Don't hurry or think about the next thing. Walk with the quiet trees. Can you believe how brave they are? How kind? 
Model your life after theirs. Blow kisses at yourself in the mirror, Mm. especially when you think you've messed up. Mm. Forgive yourself for not meeting your unreasonable expectations. You are human, not God. Don't be so arrogant. Well. Praise fresh air, clean water, good dogs. Spin something from joy. Open a window, even if it's cold outside. Sit. Close your eyes. Breathe. Allow the river of it all to pulse through your eyelashes, fingertips, bare toes. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe until you feel your bigness, until the sun rises in your veins. Breathe until you stop needing anything to be different. Ugh. Perfection. What is that poem called? It's called The Cure for It All by Julia Fehrenbacher. Fehrenbacher. Thank God for poetry. Ugh, what a gift. What a A gift. gift. What a gift. And what a gift you all are. Thank you so much for um, hanging, hanging with us again. Yeah. And hopefully we'll see you at the live show. Okay. <laughs> here, here it comes. We'll see you at the live show April 10th. Tickets at PeteHolmes.com. Val, sweet lady Val, thanks for that poem. Pete, thanks for chewing nicotine gum and being a bit much this episode. A little too loud. A little too raspy. A little too meandery. A little too... Do I need to finish this point or should I jump to the pizza pancake question? And a shout out to pancakes, which we didn't even consider. You're great. (laughs) You're great. It's not that you're not great. It's that pizza is the best of all time. Pancakes knows. It knows. I'm Pancakes, Mulaney's Pizza. We know. (laughs) We know. I didn't like that. I I thought it was funny. (laughs) God, this song isn't just for dads. Everybody on the planet loves this song, right? Oh, yeah. Am I crazy? I just meant as a stand-up. He's such a great stand-up. Yeah, but as a person, your pizza all the way. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Guys, we've had fun. I felt like... I felt 12 years old Yeah, you acted like it. Um, all right. I want to feel 12 all the time. I know. I am, I enjoyed I enjoyed you, and I'm going to continue to enjoy you. Ooh, you know what? Here's a song that people oh, yeah. might not know. It's called You're So Gangsta by Chromio. This is a great it's song. such a good song. We'll end with this one. We'll say get right. into it with this one. We're going to say keep it crispy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> keep it crispy. Keep it crispy. It's gonna go from this into so crispy. It's gonna be interesting. The song, the outro song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, keep it crispy, babies.